Craft Beer Radio, episode four. I don't even know. Sixty-four. On. Four sixty-four on Thursday, May seventeenth. Thursday, May seventeenth, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> I should have looked that stuff up. Uh, I like craft beer. Da, 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 da. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, everybody. And I like craft beer. Hi. Hi. Got some beers. Yes, uh, we do. Most, As is usually, that's most, usually the case. Most of the beers were sent in. We had beers from Gary and Michael. Gary has been a longtime listener of the show who has sent us some amazing stuff. amazing offerings over the years. So hopefully more of the same tonight. Thank you and, so much, and Gary Michael and sent Michael. us some beers from the finest beers from West Virginia, which isn't really known far and wide. These days, I'm, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know? So they have, or at least have, a kind of a lower alcohol law, like right. a... 3.2 law, or I think maybe it had to be sold in a liquor store or something like that. So, as we drink them, we'll figure out what these uh, ABV percentages are and go from there. But yeah, these days when I hear a, you know, a beer is from Blah Place, I don't think, well, I've never heard of that, so how could the beer be any good? These days I just expect, you're well, going to find saw, good beer anywhere. I saw this map of, it was state by state, the biggest exports, uh-huh. like and like, you know, for Washington's airplanes and things like that. For South Dakota... It was brewery and distillery dregs, like, you know, like selling the spent grain. Huh. And I'm like, what breweries are in South Dakota that they would have enough volume to make? Or, or maybe that's it. Maybe they don't export, like, much of anything else that that's even probably, the smaller volume of brewery, you know, still can be the top thing. That's possible. Plus, a central location means that it's quicker to get the stuff out to all that farmland that's in that area. Okay. So. All right, let's start with this one. Greenbrier Valley Brewing Company, Mothman, Black IPA. Ooh, the Mothman. Uh, 6.7% alcohol by volume, 71 IBU, hot with Amarillo and Chinook, so I expect a uh, Phase 2-ish thing going in here. Barley, American Two-Row, German Munich, and uh, German Roasted Barley. That's what's in the green bill. Which is weird because you know, they made a black IPA and then just used Turo, German Munich, and German roasted barley. So there's probably going to be some roasty flavors in here. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see there in Lewisburg, West Virginia. And I don't see the ABV on the can. I'm missing it. Do you have that information? Yes, seven, 6.7%. Okay. So either the law has changed or there are places where you can get higher alcohol beer. There you go. Ah. That big number at the bottom that mm-hmm. I didn't see. Mothman is a legendary moth-like creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia in 1966. After the collapse of the Silver Bridge, Mothman was never seen again. He must have done it then. It must have been this creature that people say he saw. All right, the aroma on this bad boy. Get a little bit of roast. You know... Maybe I'm a little bit tainted by the description with the German roast barley, you know, so that makes me think something like a sword spear or something like that. Um, and that, I think that probably suggested to me what I think I smell, so it smells a little more... Um, we talked in the pre-show all about priming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm definitely getting a little bit of that... How do I want to describe it? Um, Kind of toasted toffee or something like that in the nose. But then the hops are in there as well. The hops aren't super potent, but you're getting a little bitterness in those. I think a little bit like of orange peel or something like that. 
yeah, orange is is pretty on the nose. It, it it's it's exactly what you said. So I really don't have anything more to offer. Moving on to the flavor, has it's a, pretty cold. Has a yeah. All these beers were weren't in the fridge, so I made an ice bath, mm-hmm. and they were only in the ice bath for like less than ten minutes, and now they're too cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like. At the bar cold. I gotta warm this up so I can turn, put my... Uh... So on the first sip, what I noticed was... It was cold, but what I noticed was had a thinner body than the color suggests, right? The color suggests something portery, mm. right? And But it's a black IPA, so you get a thinner body. You get a body that's kind of in line with IPA, actually. And you get some orangey flavors. You get a little bit of that toast toffee um, kind of rounding it out. And actually, you notice in the aftertaste, you get kind of a lingering roastiness that kind of hangs around a little bit it's nice. it's a light roastiness this feels to me like you could sell it as um a hoppy porter and uh no one would argue because there's a bit of astringency there's a bit of this roasty note that's going on especially as as it warms up i think that the mouthfeel becomes a little bit more um, solid. So, I don't know. It's it's weird to call this an IPA. It's just, it feels like more of a hobby porter to me. Yeah, so well, the hops are not really what's driving the flavor here. It's the roast. I think the hops are playing the first half, and the roast are playing the second half. Um, like a hobby porter. I, I think it has the hops are way out in front at the beginning. Where in Hoppy Porter, you know, there would be more of a melding. It's to me, it's different. Um, I don't think I've ever met a black IPA that I've completely loved mm-hmm. that I haven't seen issued with. Uh, this one's interesting because of kind of how you do have a little bit of that, you know, cocoa hop at the beginning, but it's much more on. That if the if I was blindfolded, the body feels lighter. It has bright hop flavors, bright bright ish hop flavors, and then yeah, the roast again suggestion. Knowing that it's the German barley, I can definitely tell when I'm looking for it that it definitely has that more of a Schwarzbier type character or a Bach type character to the malt texture. Right, it's a little bit smoother. It's than than roasty. It's. Uh, it's a neat finish for this beer. I like I like the angle they took on that. Yeah, in, in terms of, I think if you're going to do a black IPA, make the black part do something more than just be a color. But, yeah, at the same time, I feel like... It, I feel like you could easily get away with calling this a hoppy porter, and... No one would call you out on it. No one would say, "Wow, that's a little too hot for it in the beginning." No, you're primed when you hear black IPA to think that way. But sure. you just think. I bet you it sells more called a black IPA than it does a hoppy porter. Probably, <laughs> that's a really good point. Um, maybe you make this beer and and you think I'm making a hoppy porter, and you say, "Well, people are buying black IPAs more than porters. I can sell this." Yeah, I, I just can't see how you would go from. Like, wanting to make a hoppy porter and you would go this far it just seems like it 
is is pretty hoppy. But we're just we're, I think we're I think we're splitting hairs and yes, we're we're talking about um assumptions on top of assumptions really. <laughs> Mothman. Mothman. From Greenbrier Valley. How's it, you know, is it good? <laughs> yes, it's good. Uh if you just want to know, is the beer good? Yeah, it it's it's good. There's it's better than many black IPAs. Yeah, there, there's interesting flavors going on here, and I like the use of roast. Mm-hmm. I do too. Also, for for Amarillo and Chinook, it really does not feel like um, caddy or doherty mm-hmm. or or any of that other stuff. Yeah. It, it it feels nice and orangey. It has a good mm-hmm. uh, bright hop bit to it. Sure does. All right, let's go to. This is not a bro deal, hop ale. This is from the Booth Brewing Company. The Booth. It's a collaboration with Dead Reckoning Tavern as well. Six point five percent alcohol by volume. This is a New England IPA. Boy, <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> it, it it is hazy, but it, look at that it has a green hue to it. Yeah. Um, it says double hop with four types of hops, and I think one of the hops might be Eureka. But ooh, wow, that smells real like hop candy. Like it was packaged on four twenty, man. <laughs> Does this ain't man next to it? It should. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a bro deal. 420. (laughs) So it's less than a month old. And it's uh, it smells real nice. Smells like, I mean, the one thing you can smell on this that you don't get from every hazy. Is you can smell like the extensive dry hopping. You kind of get that little bit of vegetal type grassy hop aroma. Yeah, this this kind of resiny, fresh resiny note that you get if you like take fresh hop cones and mm-hmm. smush them in your hands. That kind of burst is what you smell here. And then you you get that kind of you know mellow, hazy you know where you get that kind of more creamy aroma yep. you know from the the malt and the the haze. And this looks like the kind of you know the hazy IPA I expect where there's kind of a whiteness to it. It's not just hazy or orange. There's mm-hmm. it's reflecting some more of the white light back. Even some green, some e- green tint. To even it. some yeah, there's kind of a greenish tint to it, which might again be priming. I mean, especially when I was pouring Colors it. Colors all in your head anyway. Especially so. when you were pouring it and you could see the color of the flow. It was definitely greener than your than most. You know, you get these occasionally. You get these super dry hop ones that have a, a subtle green hue to them. So this one brings the dry hop. It brings a bitterness to it from the dry hop. It brings kind of that scratchy burning in the back of your throat from the dry hop. This one is like super hot bursted. I feel almost the opposite. No? Okay. I feel like 
this is much more subdued. Maybe I need to warm it up a bit because I feel like this is much more subdued than I was expecting based on the aroma. Um, I was expecting these big, bursty hop flavors, and I got kind of this just not much happening with the hops. Make sure we're drinking the same beer. Do the blendy blend. You got the first part, so normally the first part is the one that would be... And then the the actual druggy stuff I, you know, split back and forth several times, but... You, yeah. got more, you got more bitterness now? Much more. And it, it was a total stratification okay. issue. Because, yeah, now it, it, I mean, it immediately hits the tongue. It's like, boom, mm-hmm. energy and, and, and sparks and stuff. Yeah. Like and that. I got a little bit more of that orange cream in the front. But mm-hmm. the, the bitterness still comes through like a wrecking ball. and kind of just lays on your tongue. So this is a neat kind of blend of new and old in, you know, like some people like some bitterness you know yeah this is not that i mean in terms of ibu it's only 36 right this is this is very under par for dry hopping is not going to give you right but i mean this kind of hop flavor with the hops they're giving you know it it's a bitter flavor even if it's not isomerized hops yeah this is this is not the northeast ipa that you would introduce people to this one's you know one of the phrases i always use when i'm describing phase threes and hazies are Less apparently bitter. Mm-hmm. This one's not. This one is is scratchy. This one, yeah. This one's just like, it's it's that scratchy you get from wet hop beers mm-hmm. and from you know just over the top dry hop beers. I mean, if you put a hop in your mouth, you would get this kind mm-hmm. of it. It's re- resembling a little bit like uh, like capsaicin a bit in terms of a, almost a spiciness. The sweetness from the. The beer, you know, the creaminess in the hops, you know, it also comes across like that hop hard candy, that bee hoppy candy, mm-hmm. you know. So it has definitely that kind of, you like, like big hoppy sweet flavors. Yeah. Uh, this one's delivering it for sure. And with that is the underneath kind of creamy stuff. That's mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's kind of a hop lover's dream and it's really, really good. It, it's not, it's like not, not the exempt perfect exemplar of a northeast ipa but i am loving it maybe it's a northeast double ipa maybe maybe it's definitely like super hot forward like even if you don't like northeast ipas because you feel they're not hot forward enough mm-hmm. give this one a shot well, that's it that i think this might be finding kind of a middle ground for the people that are you know not a haze boys mm-hmm. i would expect that if you don't get this fresh though well it's not a bro deal <laughs> but I mean, if if you get this and it's got probably more than a month and a half or so on it, it probably goes downhill fast. Oh, yeah, just because you, know, you can't keep this. Yeah, you can't keep this much up. Speaking of which, Heather, for our anniversary, got me a sixth of Headhunter. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, right? Yeah. She forgot to check the date until she uh-huh. got it home from February. It's not. It's still fine. Yeah, but it's not great. <laughs> At least it's not bad, but it's only fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe next year, Jim. <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Oh, she wanted to surprise me." Mm-hmm. 
and uh and like one of the first questions they asked is did you check the date and she's like not until i got home because <laughs> i can be I, here six all of this man yeah i know here in pittsburgh i can afford to be pretty picky with how mm-hmm. fresh my headhunter is yeah. and if it's more than three weeks old I'll, I'll just wait until i find fresher stuff that's what i kind of do yeah it's a good choice all right well that was excellent that was what is next? I think I'm going to go to the Porter. We'll go back to another West Virginia beer. Give us a hop break before we get back to another of these. Um, uh, Potentially give us a hop break. <laughs> well, they say. On paper, it will give yes. us a hop break. Okay, well, they say co- chocolate, coffee, and balance. So I expect it, it should give us a hop. Again, break. I'm jealous at these out of Pennsylvania prices. Look, a $2.40 pounder. Yeah. We do oh, not by live... the way, I, um, in Warrendale, House of a Thousand Beers just opened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Did I? Oh, I probably mentioned it. Um, looked at their hop cooler, and hopefully they're still stocking up, because right now, it's not as good as Whole Foods. Mm. Even though they have like 700 different beers there, it's just a bunch of standards right now. Hmm. Uh, they got 50 beers on tap, and the tap list is pretty good. But the cooler... It's not. I mean, did the whole thing. No, I wasn't going to. If if we're in a pinch on a show, we can we can put a show together now, easy. But it's not like I was hoping, where I was hoping it was going to be almost ve, yeah, five minutes away. Right. Well, I mean, just think about it. If you're a Pennsylvania stocker, you have to pay that much more. I yeah. mean, then you charge that much more. I mean, it's more expensive to yeah. run a beer shop here. Six point five percent alcohol by volume, thirty three IBU. This is a porter, and it's just called a porter. And we we were saying before the show started, like, oh, that's kind of refreshing. <laughs> they don't put any crazy name, but like this one was. This is not a bro, bro deal. deal. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, we've said this before. You know, a big fan of Joe Schmo Brewing Company Porter. Uh-huh. This one's Big Timber Brewing Company Porter. At the same time, there's a. There is a place for things like Headhunter, right? Where it's like, it's short, sweet, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it's a memorable thing that, that will keep you up. So, But, you know, the market is so crowded. I mean, look at Evil Twins beer names. And I kind of enjoy them, you know, because they're just one-off phrases for mm-hmm. a one-off beer, you know? Remember, what was that person in, in the line who said to Heather when she was buying even more Jesus? Uh, How dare they? Oh, yes. There was some dude who was like downright offended by, uh, you know, basically he was going to start boycotting Evil Twin or he said he was, I don't know if he threatened to burn down the brewery. He said something about the brewery and I'm like, oh, you should have told him their gypsy brewery doesn't have a brewery. (laughs) Just burn up. It's going to burn down everything. Well, I take back everything I said about Mothman being roasty because, man, this thing is smelling roasty this is exact, AF. This is exactly what I'm hoping for in a delicious, well, at least the aroma side of a delicious, robust porter. I mean, the aroma on this bad boy. It's, it's a lot. It's a kind of woody chocolate. It's a woody chocolate. There's a little bit of burnt marshmallow in there. There's... Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. just a little bit of balancing hops, you know, maybe like a EKG or a Fuggle or something like that on I think the nose. charred steak. Mm-hmm. It smells, it smells like the porter of my dreams. I mean, it really is like 
so effervescent. There's so much volatile aromas coming off this. It's that's it. The fl- the aroma is so open on this beer. Moving on to the flavor, you get two things right off the top. You kind of get the marshmallowy burnt marshmallow again, but then you get a little bit more astringent woody roast on the back end. I wish you know I like it. Well, we'll see how it, my my tasting progresses. I like that sweeter front end better than the more a little more tart and bitter back end. But I see what it's doing, and and I think it's doing its job well. Um, I'm thinking weirdly. The thing that comes to my mind here is like a smoked Three Musketeers bar. <laughs> so, it, like, yeah, there's a kind okay. of chocolatey nougat thing, but it's mm-hmm. it has this kind of smokiness to it. Three Musketeers dipped in scotch. Yeah, <laughs> a scotch mateer, or at least like smoked over elderwood or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, getting a lot of great stuff for this robust porter does finish a little bit on that roasty, ashy side. It's fine. I think, you know, if you're looking, if I was able to brew something like this and I was looking to make it the next step better, I would dial down that ashiness just a little bit. I think it works just just fine here. Um, I'm not... There's it, it, almost a... a it's interesting. Maybe this is how the, the fact there's a leaf on there is helping me think because I'm thinking of like burned leaves. Okay. That kind of smell and that kind of smell coming through here. Um, on the on the neck label of the can, it says "Axe for a Big Timber." Yeah. So there's a. It, I I feel like it's doing everything that I'm totally happy with the direction it's going. Like I. I I understand that, yeah, maybe the ideal porter or Jeff's ideal porter doesn't have that ashiness, but I, I think it totally works here. Cool. Uh, and, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot more than than you are, I guess, because this, is, this I, is... I dig it. I love the aroma. I think it's a good one. Just... There's just one thing that's keeping me from being like completely in love with it. In terms... I mean, in terms of aroma, it's one of the most open porters oh, I've ever... it's it's good. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> On the can here, Mother Nature is not your mother. Pick up after yourself and recycle. <laughs> so this is this must have been brewed pretty recently. It does taste best pretty by uh, September thirtieth. Oh yeah, I think six months, right? Yeah, it's probably a month old. Mm-hmm. You know, the more I'm drinking it, and maybe it was a transition thing going from the IPA, where right. the, the that that ashiness was kind of uh, jutting itself out because it was the co- most contrasting thing. As I'm working my way through the sample, it's it's not as abrasive. I'm getting more into the beer. I think the beer has early on. I thought it had this big rough edge. Now I'm getting used to it. I think it, it's a lot more well-rounded. Yeah, so. I think it. It. it um, we used to say tells a story. I think it tells a nice story here. I think that it. It or maybe the maybe telling a story isn't exact because it, it doesn't have that much it, to it. It, it completes its thought. It. It goes through a. It completes in whatever thought it's trying to do, and in a way that makes sense to me. I'm trying to figure out if this beer is like if it has a classic pedigree. Or if it's kind of an Americanized version, like which is was boisterous, it's kind of straddling the line, right? It's, it's it so boisterous things. that I don't. 
in terms of the roastiness that I can't think of a classical analog. Okay. Part of me, you know, like, yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. I mean, I was I was kind of thinking like there was like some classic things, but I'm having a hard time thinking of a classic porter that's not an American porter mm-hmm. that that would really be this roasty. I mean, this is a boisterous beer. This is a an American yeah. beer. It's very much I'm the best, uh, and I'm going to show you I'm the best. Um, but it 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 backs it up. It, it it really does back up all of its great aroma with, I think, a really well-executed Oh, man, okay, flavor. yeah, I, I am on board now. I mean, that last sip that I took, the that ashiness was not there. And I got to enjoy that toasted marshmallow. Mm-hmm. There was something that was a little bit licorice in there. Yep. And um, something that was a touch woody, like, a, um, like one of those spices. Um, not quite cinnamon, but you know something along those lines. Maybe like a cedar or something like that. Okay, in there as well. And uh, I'm I'm on I'm Big Timber's team. All of a sudden, it was just a rough transition from the. You had to you had to go through that yeah, that transition. But this is wow. That's that's a hell of a beer. We've had a couple hell of a beers already. We're not even halfway through. This is true. Our listeners are the best. All right. Well, what's next? I'm gonna pull the sour one in now. Take a little break from these. Sure. Go back to hoppy. Sure. No, let's go for the sour. Let's do a little bit of a of a yeah of a break. All right. Now I need to find a bottle opener. Oh no! Right here. here. It is. Got it. There's a church key over here. Okay, I picked up this beer at the Whole Foods near my house. This is from Prairie Artisan Ales. They had recently had a fourth anniversary. And they brewed this beer. They put out a beer for it? I've never heard of a, a brewery putting out an anniversary beer. That's amazing. So, this is a sour ale aged on ginger. Ooh. Gonna, that that has a, a... We just had that Avery that was a sour ginger. Yeah. That, like, vastly exceeded my expectations. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have very high expectations for a sour ginger beer. Now I do. So artisan, yeah, <laughs> you, you better step up. <laughs> uh, ginger is also a very—I mean, it's just a powerful flavor in general. So mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing, you right. can overuse. It's not always powerful, though. I mean, just look at ginger ale, like the Canada Dry, compared to like uh, you know, right? But but that that neuters it. I mean, the yeah, whole point yeah. is like you have to you have to have that sort of spiciness, but also have it be tempered. Huh? Take a sniff on this thing. <laughs> That's got a little, got a little Brett thing going on there too. Well, Prairie, yeah, it's a sour, and um, yeah, Prairie does have fooders and things like that. So yeah, it smells kind of like um, I'm trying to think. Um, and again, with sort of that bready kind of saccharin-like aroma. Yeah, there's a touch of Flanders, right? Because when you think of saccharin, and you get that mm-hmm. sweet tart saccharin Flanders right. type thing, but you know it it has more like of um, uh, not not like a Flanders red, but like you know like a golden. I'm trying to think of an example right now. Maybe like um, 
is it Oscar from New Belgium? Like the Lips of Faith from New Belgium, right? Like where they're where it's blended of mostly the golden beer, not the dark beer. Okay, you know, yeah, it's so, been it's been a while. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a Belgian example right now that's that's not a lambic. That's kind of like a golden culture, like a. But I can't think of one. Cantillon, but that's those, very. Those are all, those are all lambics. Yeah. Right? So Cantillon would not be where you'd want to go. Maybe, maybe something saisonny like a Phantom or something like that. Okay. That, Now the ginger on this one, it so there is. I've said this story before, so you know, longtime listeners who are paying attention, they've heard this one. But um, here in Pittsburgh, there's a soda company called Natrona Bottling Company, and one of the things they make for mixed mixed drinks is Jamaica ginger beer, mm-hmm. and it's ginger ale, but it's like you know ginger turned up to eleven. Yeah, they make and a super hot version. It's super hot. It's delicious. Yeah, I think it's great. And you know, I don't want a Moscow mule unless it's got that heat to it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that makes to me the mule. Yeah. And this one smells very similar to the intensity of that Natrona, the Jamaica ginger beer from Natrona. I'm not sure it does. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I agree. Well, you'd smell it first before we like do a, do an exchange. Mine's hotter than yours. Hmm. So blendy blend. It's blend. Yeah. Yeah, mine was more just kind of bready and and sweeter. That smells about the same still. Yeah, that's that's hotter. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Damn bottle stratification. <laughs> we we went through a period where we weren't getting much of it. But now it's like yeah. it's it's summer. It's so just we'll, back in the summer. Maybe that's it. At least we identify it, right? When mm-hmm. we start talking about different things right away yeah. we can remedy it. Where, you know, back in the day we'd just argue it out like no you're wrong <laughs> we know each other enough did and, and we're we trust each other enough in terms of of what we're doing that was like that's odd because that's nearly are you sure so so yeah. that that's kind of why we're able to do that like hmm, no there's probably something going on here there there have been episodes where we've just been on the different, yeah, different no, pages the, yeah absolutely there are times we completely disagree but Usually it throws up a red flag when we're talking about different things. All right, so this thing's very effervescent. When I did the blendy blend, it was popping like a soda, and the head went away real quick. Moving on to the flavor, it does. Okay. It really seems like like the New Belgium like golden sour, like their fooder sour, um, which I think is Oscar. I think is the light one, and Felix is the dark one. But, and the ginger flavor is not as... It's not really... It's, it's not... not really, su- it, it, it hits you in the beginning, and then it really... The sour takes over. Um, and it's kind of more of a lactic sour than anything else. There's some lactic in there, but it still seems cultured to me. It still seems like there's... No, yeah, but I mean, I, to me, it's like the lactic is, is, is the more yeah. apparent part. But yeah, it's not just lactic. Yeah, it's not like a, just a kettle sour yeah. beer. This thing actually, it tastes like it's, you know, aged in wood. It's It, it, it starts, it, it actually, I get sort of an apple cider vinegar thing at first. Then it kind of turns into a lactic sour. That That, that last sip. So it has a an acetic note, and then it goes into lactic. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm not going full on acetic. I mean, there's something in the ballpark, right? But I don't think it's acetobacter. I just think that it's, um, you know, more of a something along the lines on the road to Flanders, but not with a Flanders red malt bill. Um, you know, so that's a that's a mixed culture with a bunch of different things going on in it. And then I'm surprised at the ginger flavor. Like, I thought it'd be really cool to have a hot ginger spice on mm-hmm. this one. And while the aroma has the hot spice, the it really, beer come really is not bringing it. Where that Avery brought it in the flavor. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, this is this is a beer that in a middling show might stand out. But mm-hmm. against already two heavy hitters, this yeah. feels like it's, uh, it's, it's shooting for singles. No. I mean, you know, if you're just... Hanging it's out still with, shooting for singles. It's not striking out. If you're hanging out with a guy in a basement talking into a microphone <laughs> for an internet podcast, it's a damn fine beer. There's nothing wrong with having a slap hitter on your team. I mean, <laughs> it's like they're useful, but yeah. you know, when you got and and you want them mm-hmm. after your heavy hitters, in some sense. Actually, you want them before your heavy hitters. You want to the label has a connect the dots on it. It do, does. Do the connect the dots. Well, I'm guessing it's going to be a dog. <laughs> the head's there. Yes. <laughs> what if they mix it up completely and it's not a dog? Then I would be very surprised because the way the numbers are going, it certainly looks like it's a dog. That's the genius of a good connect the dots, right? Do something else. Not really. I've never seen one. Yeah, I've never seen a genius connected dots. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I loved them when I was like eight. But yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I don't know if a genius connected dots. <laughs> it's the new big thing. They have those adult coloring books and whatnot. Now they're going to have adult right. connect the dot books. I, they probably already do. I think that it's. I mean, well, this is an adult connected dots, right? <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> uh, That's interesting. I'm wondering, like, if Battle was still doing label approval, oh, would he be like this? Would connect be, the dots? Is no, for this, kids. yeah, exactly. Yeah. This would be catering to kids, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's catering to nostalgia, not to kids, <laughs> which, which is the thing, yeah. which Battle never got. Um, but I I doubt I mean there may be some like genius subversive connected dot things that I haven't seen it's just I'm not, I haven't been exposed to it it certainly hasn't as far as I know <laughs> hasn't permeated pop culture that right. I'm aware of mm-hmm. next week on Connect the Dots Radio <laughs> Well, uh, uh, speaking of, of radio, that's a horrible, horrible segue. You <laughs> could have done a lot better. Like, if you like connecting the dots, let me connect the dots for you. <laughs> Why through. did I do that? Why didn't I use that? Jeez, I had to. I was teed up. It was like it was right in front of me. Oh, my God. Anyway. Hey, you just can't swing for the... You can't hit the homers every time. No. But I, I struck out big time. That's but okay. if you don't want to strike out... Finally, finally a segue. And that will help the show and help you because you get to buy the stuff you want and you don't pay anything extra. And this is really loud in my headphones. I don't know if it's super loud to everybody else, but um, yeah, you you help yourself because you buy 
stuff you want. All the awesome things that you've ever wanted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shit for free if you have Amazon Prime. And then you you uh, buy your Amazon Prime before the price yes. goes up again. I think it already has, so too late. Oh, but um, but yeah, it supports us. Uh, doesn't cost you anymore. Buy it before the price goes up the next time. There you go. That's it. That's it. I guess I should fade out the elephants. Bye, oh, elephants. I'll fade it out. That's good. Bye, elephants. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Once you good. started, I was like, all right, now. Okay. <laughs> Alright, there now. Alright, so we're back to the booth brewing. Another Gary sent in beer. This one is Kumkin. Cookman. 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 It's their flagship IPA. It's six point five percent alcohol by volume, and you can buy a key keg, it's twenty liters for hundred forty bucks. Hmm. Or a 12-pack of 16-ounce cans, which is what this is, for 40 bucks. Don't tell me what to expect. Just tell me the details. The Boost Flagship AP, it's got an enormous amount of blah, 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 blah. 6.5% alcohol by volume. The Boost has the uh, Brewers Association Independent Brewing Logo. logo Commanders. It means citizen, apparently. Looks like it's Chinese. Yeah, when I saw the citizen, right, that's kind of like a communist term, right? You know, citizen. No. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. Sure it is. No, comrade is a, is a... No, but like citizen. I mean, the translation for citizen. You're a citizen of the United States. Right. But when like... <sighs> I think you're thinking of, of, of like, Comrade or uh, something along those lines. I thought in China it was more of citizen versus... Well, you hear, like, that sort of thing, like, attention citizens. No, no, no. I'm thinking of, like, citizen so-and-so, citizen Joe Smith. Oh. Like, like, instead of, like, Politburo member or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean... It's it's used everywhere. It's not just in. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm not saying that these guys are reds, you know, brewing like <laughs> communist beer. Um, just that when I saw citizen in quotes, it I don't know. It just kind of that's the way I thought. It was more of a. I mean, look at Revolution. They make great citizen cane. Different intonation. I mean, not not intonation, <laughs> but different. I'll look it up and I'll, we can talk about okay the where I think I could be complete I could I could be it could be in some like novel I was reading that is based on like 1984 maybe or, or or could have been based on some like space colony or something you know <laughs> so all right so this is an IPA it has a light haze to it but it's not a hazy it's not super hazy but it, you could be excused for... I mean, well, especially mine. Like, see how... Oh, I guess we got a blendy blend. Man. Ugh. It's a... Yeah, ugh. ugh. <laughs> I have to taste some of... Gotta some of Jeff's some... bit in my beer. No. No. <laughs> there we go, sir. A little backwash for you. 
All right. The color yeah. <laughs> matches. Yeah. Look at that. You won on that deal. I gave you more than I have. So, yeah, it's kind of like a phase three, right? You're getting those tropical fruits. You're getting some mango, passion fruit. There's a bit of dorniness on there. I'm not sure whether that's going to come through in the flavor. Maybe it's not so much dorty as dank. It's kind of dankness okay. in it. I'm missing that part so far. I'm I'm kind of in tropicalville. I think I'm smelling a little bit of dragon fruit, even. Really? Oh, dragon mm. fruit. Okay, I'm starting to... It took me some time to to get past, I think, the heaviness of it, in some sense. But yeah, I'm okay. starting to get now more tropical. Um, it started with sort of a fruit punchy thing, and mm-hmm. then, then the tropical stuff started to come in. Okay. Well, I'm going to hate to wreck your, wreck your dreams, but now that I tasted it, it is a little more dank on the flavor. <laughs> Just a little bit. There's some tropical in there, but it's kind of splitting, splitting shifts with the, the dankness, too. Yeah, yeah. so you're getting a little bit of passion fruit and a little bit of grapefruit pith and mm. a little bit of scallion or something like that. You know, there's a... Yeah, there's something, something sulfury in there. Mm-hmm. Something that's giving you a little bite. And still good beer. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, you know... But not the you, kind of like you know bite you, that was in the... Um... You know when you start like flapping your feet and float off the ground type thing? You know, and the heart's beating out. You know, the heart-shaped yeah, indentation yeah. on your chest pops out. You know, you know, it's it's not that one. Like it smelled like it could have been. It, it's, give it some time. Give it. Yeah. I'm giving it some time to, to, to adjust because we just had a big, you know, a ginger it, sour. It, it's a good point. You know, we already already got bit by judging too mm-hmm. soon on one of these beers. It does have some really neat tropical. And now I'm getting some kind of kind of like candy top flavors as well. You know, almost like um something like candied strawberry hop blend in there. You know, a little bit of that. Yeah, it's. A, I I know what you're saying, and I think that you're. Yeah, you know, strawberry isn't quite there. Although there was a bit of there's kind of a greenish strawberry. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a greenish strawberry, but you know those those candies that come in the little strawberry wrappers. No, no, we've talked about these before. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure that I said I'm gonna buy some of these, and you're gonna taste them. And it hasn't happened yet. No, maybe so. around episode of 530 or so. But the, you know they're they're candies where they're twisted on one end, and that's where the green end of the wrapper is, and then the rest of the wrapper is you know red with black. I believe you. <laughs> you don't need to convince me. <laughs> I'm gonna find those damn candies, and I'm gonna feed them the you grain. Better. I'm gonna force me to <laughs> sit down and shut up. Sit on his chest and just jam him in his mouth. Then wash my mouth out with soap. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's an herby like thing here going on. There's a little bit yeah, of a, yeah. a little mm, time. I was thinking time. That was that was. I was going through my little pantry real quick. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not sage. No, it's not rosemary. Time. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, of a time thing. Um, it's interesting. It it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I really think that this uh, this is not a bro deal. Was you know. It set up expectations really high. I mean, it's 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 a kind of a trade off, right? Because if you don't want like green teeth after you drink the beer, 
then then this is not a bro deal might not be your style. Sure, but it was so. I mean, the the two that that are still sticking in my head were had these big, bold, like expressive flavors, and not that the sour didn't, mm-hmm. but. They were big, bold, expressive flavors that were really like working for me, and I think that that may be to the detriment of other good beers here. The two thing, that... for, the two thing about these booths that have in common is that they're they're pulling the front from these like new styles, either the phase three or the hazies. You know, when we talk about phase three, listeners who aren't quite up on our lingo, that's the ones with the galaxy, the mosaic, the Eureka it's the hops. newer IPAs that the have tropical the more, flavors. yeah, the more tropical hops as right. opposed to the so, darker hops. So, the citizen pulls from these phase three tropical. Mm-hmm. This is not a Brodio plays from the the, the hazy. I right? disagree. But I think there's not a hope Brodio had. The tropical stuff in there too, but it was just it was it was a melange of different hops. Though. But they also have like after that initial hit of those, they both go back to a phase one, phase two traditional type notes. I'm not saying like style, but they they pull, sure, they, sure. they kind of pull yeah. forward. They cherry pick some notes from from those other styles. So they're kind of like these generational type taste on these beers yeah and this is less a new england than it is kind of a hazy-ish thing right i mean the the, the yeah this is not a brodeo was very much a new england ipa yes. and th- this is this just kind of hazy-ish wow. so i would call i mean i would call this one a phase three i would call the brodeo new england uh the 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 thing that was differentiating about the brodeo was it was like mega dry hopped right so it seemed like other mega dry hopped beers which none of them that we've ever had have been hazies Right. So it pulls us in a different direction. And now this one starts out like a tropical, a phase three. But then it has this finish, this bitterness at the end. So again, they're avoiding that whole less apparently bitter thing. Yeah. Maybe that's what they want, right? Maybe they're, I mean, they're out in California. You know, maybe they don't want to be New England. Maybe they want to, they want to West Coast the And I can understand not wanting to be New England. Yeah, right. So maybe they want to West Coast the hazy and... Mm -hmm. Both of these beers, if your mission was to West Coast the Phase 3 or West Coast the Hazy, these beers are kind of like what you would get. Well, I mean, I, I think that at this point I'm starting to differentiate between Hazy and New England. Like, it, it, it's starting okay. to, to come into... It, it's starting to be a little bit more clear to me the difference between okay. a Hazy IPA and a New England. Like, a New England is really the ones that are creamy and really the ones that have the big... Like those wet whiteness that we okay. noticed. All right. Whereas the hazier's are just, they're a little more, I don't want to say, uh, um, they're a little more, the mouth feels a little different than a, than a traditional IPA. It doesn't have, I mean, it, it, you can mm-hmm. see it, okay. right? I get what you're saying. But it's, it, it's not at nearly as far in the direction that, that the nor- Northeast IPAs okay. or New I, IPAs. I, I get what you're saying. And I respectfully disagree because I would draw the line in a different way. Okay, I would call New England's the classic. I would call Hetty Topper in its ilk the New England's, and for Hazy's, I would include from the Brew Gentleman down to Ranger or whatever from New Belgium. Really? Right? Well, but there's there's a dotted line of juicy Ranger, the good Hazy's and the the mass market Hazy's, right? <laughs> Uh, so that's where I would draw the line. I would. I so would. So you say, think Brew Gentleman makes hazies? See, I would sure. say Brew Gentleman makes New England's. 
and no, they do not. So make I would, if I was, if I was pressed, I would reserve New England for things that are not Treehouse or Brew Gentlemen, but more what what preceded that, which was like things like Hetty, these things that were hazy because of hop polyphenols interesting and not milky i mean hetty's was never murky and milky right right hazy because it was super right but 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 and 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 sure okay so i'm not saying i'm right i'm saying no 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 if i I, I, I was pressed that's where i would draw the line and i understand that and because because you're going from a sort of historical standpoint where did this style start and hetty was kind of the originator of at least the the what we, what yeah, we consider I, the... I feel that what Treehouse makes and what the Brew Gentleman makes and what this is not a bro deal is, is not the same beer as Hetty. And you know, well, then what is this? This, this is a this to me is a mosaic Eureka Galaxy Phase Three with a little bit more bitterness. Yeah, you know, it kind of pulls the cherry picks from Phase One and into it. I mean, look at look at this though. The, yeah, but we've people had... are going to call it hazy. We've had well. This is hazy like a ranger is. This is. But I'm saying that, that like, this is not murky. This uh, isn't milky. This isn't haze boy. This... So my argument would be: sure, I understand your your mm-hmm. historical standpoint, but I think that the what we have to take into consideration more is we have to be more like a dictionary than uh, than an encyclopedia in some sense. We have to be more about what's happening in 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 the language than we do have to be about what what the history is. Well, What's happening is the Northeasts are the brew gentlemen's and this, you know, and, and this is not a bro deal. And they're this, these milky things. And the hazies are things like this. Yeah. So, again, we are, like, in the very middle of figuring out what this is. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, it's really. I don't hard. know. That, I don't know what well, that means. It's hard. We're in the middle of the revolution. I mean, I don't know that we're in the middle of the revolution. I, I, well, how can you tell well, whether okay. you're in the middle of the right. revolution well, when you're in the middle of the revolution? That's kind of my point. That's kind of my point. You don't know where we're at. Well, that that's so, well, exactly. A dictionary doesn't tell you what words mean. They tell you what what the culture says word means at the time the dictionary is published. Right. The the point that I'm right. trying to make is what does it mean now, not the history, right? What does it mean now? If you see a Northeast IPA or New England IPA, mm-hmm. what does that mean versus if you see a hazy IPA? And I think that hazies are your juicy rangers and things like this, and Northeast New Englands are the big milky stuff like so, gentlemen. Now. That's okay. what's happening now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we're not going to change either one's mind, right? No, no. You know, it's just... Maybe I would change I, I your don't... mind because I'm right. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a joke, everybody. Um, yeah, I have to compose my thoughts here a little bit because I think that you have hazies and want to be hazies, and then you have, and I'm not saying the BG, BJCP is the right thing or should be the right thing, but. Well, it's better for us to have a terminology that we can both use that that works for both of them. So if we disagree, Mm -hmm. then that's going to cause issues, actually, right? Because we should have a language. We should have a common... Yeah, you're right. And we should proselytize it (laughs) far and wide. 
I already, I, I can't, I can't get any more succinct with already what I already said. I feel that there is a space for a category that is things like heady. Then I feel that there's a, there's a category that should. See, be... I would call those like fresh IPAs or something like that. Like I, may, I would give them are, a different. Is heady really distinct enough from torpedo? And well, yeah, in the sense that it has to be had fresh, or else it's it's nothing special. Yeah. But then you have things that Treehouse, Trillium, Brew Gentleman, and and you these know. are what I would call New England. If you want to come up with another name for it, that's fine. Yeah. But like, let's distinguish between what what Brew Gentleman and these are doing versus what it, just. The Spellless Point that we had in the pre-show. Yes, right. I mean, Let, let's distinguish between those. Let's have some way that at least is between we us. Call, we call these opportunistic IPs. <laughs> Ca- cash grab IPs. Well, the, the Ballast Point, sure, and and the and the the New Belgium one, yeah. Uh, but like this is this is on the same playing field. This is playing the same game. I don't think this is opportunistic. Yes. So this, I guess, I guess you're right. This beer is. More like Aloha and Juicy Ranger mm-hmm. than it is Trillium or Bridgman. Right, right. But it's also like I mean, it's phase... not like a, a a Phase Two IPA, right? But I'm talking about like the Tropical Phase Threes. But you know, if I'm thinking of like, okay, name a moderately available. Tropical, right? I'm going to pick Alpine, right? I'll pick um, Duet or Hoppy Bird there or something like okay. that. Okay. And those, those are so those are those are actually different from this beer. Mm-hmm. Where earlier in the conversation, I was trying to glob those together. So you're changing my mind. All right. Not all the way to your side, but <laughs> you, you, it, you, it's a process. Yes. <laughs> It's a good point, and and hopefully people aren't bored by the conversation. I want to wrap this up real quick here and, and get on to the Imperial Stout. Uh, I think I think what it is, what I find most interesting is, you know, we are somewhere in the uh, breakout of these styles. Right. We won't know when the breakout is over until things have settled down, have been kind of status quo for a couple of years, and then at, at that point. All these terms will be crystal clear. Yeah. But we can be part of the conversation by mm-hmm. by setting up, at least between us and, and, and our listeners, what the expectations are. Like, Won't it be great when someone puts, like, Phase 3 IPA on their label? Oh, man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I would pay money to see that happen. <laughs> Not much money. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 bucks yeah i mean come on yeah go on fiverr okay so <laughs> our last beer our yo five... yo yo greg weiss phase three ipa yo uh our last beer of the night is not that one it's mr sandman bring me a mr sandman uh from the river north brewery uh, this is an American double or an imperial stout. This is only a half liter bottle, so I will give you a little bit more. Thank you. Bum, 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 bum. 
Of course, you couldn't pick Metallica. Nope. <laughs> well, it's Mr. Sandman, yes, not yes. Enter Sandman. 11.9%. So we're jumping. Uh, so this was the 2017 vintage release number two, which was 150 cases. This reminds me of Back to the Future. The slogan is Sleep Soundly. <laughs> at, at nearly 12%. Yeah. Right? Um. So this thing pours with like, you know, it's it's but the head is so dark. It's like a dark tan head, you know. Like it's it's a it's an imperial stout with bones, and and you know I'm happy when we get one that you know isn't that looks like it has some bones to it. This is that big sweet like big malt sweet aroma right off the top. Yeah, it doesn't really have a booziness on the nose. Yeah. It, it has more of a roastiness. You know, it reminds me more of like Kalamazoo stout as opposed yes. to like an Yes, yes, I, I agree. And there's even a little licorice kind of in the aroma. Yeah, you know, people may know when I smell an imperial stout, I want, I want the booze. Yes, I want. Uh, I, I like the ones that are apparently alcoholic. Ooh, <laughs> Mr. Sandman. I've never listened to this song this long to hear that part. <laughs> Mr. Sandman, what are you doing in here? <laughs> is this is this going to be a um, what's that Christmas song? Situation. Santa baby, yeah, Santa baby situation or Christmas no, shoes? No, not Santa, but no, it, it's um, uh, don't oh. uh, <laughs> baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> That's what I was alluding to, yes. <laughs> that's, enough, that's enough of that. Yeah. Alright, on to the flavor. Yeah, it still has kind of a... Ooh, there's some warming in the late taste. The, the upfront taste is kind of like that American double stout. It has a big, creamy body. Wait, big... wait, wait. So now we're getting on to the flavor? Oops. Damn it, it was going to be so good. It was going to be so good, but now you ruined it forever. <laughs> Enter night. I don't think we should play Metallica on this show. Lars might really wreck our shit. Oh, God. Fine. That was that was about our limit of fair use right there, so that was... Yes, yeah. Yeah, I would stay away from Metallica. Okay. I just don't want to deal with that shit. Well, uh, let's fair use it. Enter Sandman, a classic song that everyone has heard. I remember it, uh, especially because it was Mariana Rivera's introduction. I don't know what you're talking about. He was a closer, and so he would he would oh, come in to close the game, okay. and they'd play that on. No, the- I was getting when I was you know getting into music. So Enter Sandman came out when I was uh, 13, 14 years old, and I had a friend who was the music guy, and you know he was getting me into Guns N' Roses, and this one came out like right after. So this was like the first Metallic album, and you know it's a good introduction to Metallica because it's a lot. Uh, well, now we're softer. talking about it, we can play it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a lot softer <laughs> than like you know um, Ride the Lightning and yeah, and Justice for All, 
it's kind of like one in some sense, right? It has its its soft parts mm-hmm. and its hard parts. Uh, this so th- this came about, th- or, or Mariner Rivera got this because when the Yankees played Trevor Hoffman. This is, okay, this is off the reservation, but hey, 1998 World Series. Trevor Hoffman was on the the, the Padres, and and uh, he had Hell's Bells as his intro. And so when... And that got all the crowd super excited. Mm-hmm. And so the Yankees said, okay, well, we need something from Mariano Rivera. And Enter Sandman became his... Well, and he you know, put the game to sleep, right? So Yeah, exactly. So you know, it fits. And so that is uh, where, I, where what I really associate with this all song. Right. Fair use is running out to this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want an email from Lars Ulrich. Yeah, but I I think we did it right. All right, this is Mr. Sandman yes. from the brewery that is called River North. And so, yeah, when we were tasting it before. Oh, it makes me think that you could. there's probably a mix on YouTube of Enter Mr. Sandman. <laughs> All right. So this one's interesting because I was complaining that there was no alcohol on the nose, but in the flavor in the late end, you get it. But up front, you get this kind of American double stout. You get this kind of roasty, sweet, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, almost like flourless chocolate cake type body and roast and sweetness. And then you get some booze. I like the balance on this beer quite a bit. Oh yeah, the beer. <laughs> I was looking at all these YouTube things. I was, just, I was literally, I just was like, sipping the beer as if I wasn't even paying attention to the beer. And when and you were talking, and I was just like looking at my stuff, and then I, they had this. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're reviewing I'm, beer. I'm doing the beer show. Like I got on this huge like tangent of just you wanted the uh the the mashup yeah yes uh so i just took a sip of this beer and i got one of the weirdest flavor calls that i think i've ever say and that was shrimp cocktail why did i say shrimp cocktail Uh, because there's a bit of an oyster stout thing here going on oh okay mineraliness or something Mm -hmm. and you know that there's a vaguely kind of sea, this sort of sea saltiness. Okay. Yeah, it the brininess, right? Yeah, and I think maybe that... it's the brininess because I took a sip and it was like you know an, an intermediate sip where I wasn't really pulling it. Like you know when you pull sips through your mouth a certain mm-hmm. way, you get different yep. notes, right? Fast pull, slow pull. This was kind of this weird intermediate pull where I was listening to you talk about your mashups and I'm like, fuck, it tastes like shrimp <laughs> cocktail. That's so weird. <laughs> And and I think an interesting thing about that is now that's now I'm really tasting that. It, and it's come to the forefront, huh? And and it's like uh, green needle. The problem with that is shrimp cocktail needs to be cold. This is not cold. <laughs> and so when you're primed to think shrimp cocktail and you think warm shrimp, <laughs> oh. yeah, right. Shut that down. Yeah. Right now. yeah. This has to stop. Um, I just think it's not a fault of the beer; it's a fault of of how you prime yourself when you're drinking stuff, right? So you can get back from it. Yes, just, just think, yeah. uh, battle battle master think, or whatever. 
think roasty, think um, think sweet and malty. Mm-hmm. Get woody in there. Use wood to to, to break up that. This is an grind. interesting. I, I mean, so many of the beers we've had tonight are kind of straddling styles or pulling cherry picking from mm-hmm. other styles, and this is another one of those, right? Because this one is not clearly imperial on the onset. It's more roasty, like a Kalamazoo or something of that brethren. I... It has the, but it has a little bit of booziness on the end, and you get it occasionally. I would say the the, the sort of milkiness of it mm-hmm. says to me right away that it that it's a strawberry. It doesn't have the thick carbonation yeah. that you would expect yeah. out of a non. But uh, that that brininess yeah, that you yeah. mentioned, that's a neat facet to the. It, it's a good facet as long as you don't taste warm shrimp. Right, as long <laughs> as they don't they don't call it shrimp cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and they're smart not to <laughs> because that definitely like that, that that puts it in in a different perspective it certainly does <laughs> i think we should end this train wreck and we should rank so, oh here's the other beer yeah. all right so we have six beers tonight hmm Indeed. Okay, I'm going to start writing down my stuff if you want to. You can write them down. I'll give me a second here to sort and organize. But I think I have it here. I'm going to put the Mothman Black IPA from Greenbrier Valley in last place. Um, It was one of the more interesting Black IPAs, but you know, I think it's probably penalized just because... I have not really had a black IPA that has like I'm like oh that's why the style exists, um, that's why it should exist I should say. Um, this one had what I liked about the Mothman was that up front for me it was moderately hoppy and not roasty up front. So you kind of got like if I was blindfolded I would have felt that I was not drinking a black beer, and then it pulled this like <laughs> racist. Yes, I know. Because I hate black beers. Um, they make me feel bad. Uh, but then, in the aftertaste, and I was completely primed to think this, but the roast tasted me to more like a, um, you know, something from Bamberg, or not not Bamberg, but, you know, a Schwartz beer or something like that. And, and had a more soft, less ashy, less, less roasty, roast character to it and i i kind of liked exploring that beer i'm gonna put the prairie fourth anniversary in fifth place it just needed to deliver on the ginger more uh i liked the kind of golden flanders culture thing that it had going on but it it just wasn't enough compared to the other beers Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put this beer we're drinking right now mr sandman in fourth place it this this one had a story has some things to explore it has some shrimp cocktail in it yeah which is is interesting just try to try not to think about that too much go go with more oyster and i think yeah. you're you're gonna yeah. be more pleased <laughs> yeah think about the oyster shells and yeah. you probably taste them more like an oyster stout i am going to put the citizen 
the Cookman Cookman IPA from uh, the Booth Brewing in third place. Uh, we talked about this one extensively, right? I, I yeah. think that the Booth is doing some neat. I've only had two. We have one more that we'll do next week. But I think they're doing some neat things where they're taking the new hotness and kind of cherry picking some old classic. Oh, look, I didn't even flavors. know they have a Chinese like thing on. Yeah. But, you know, they're taking the new hotness, the phase threes and the hazies, and they're cherry picking some old attributes right. and bringing them in. At least so far, that's what I'm tasting. So that's interesting. I'm going to put the um, Big Timber Porter in second place. Uh, you know, for an understated name. Hey, this is our porter. It brought the heat. It um, The aroma was delicious, wonderful, infatuating. And the flavor... I was cold on first because of our transition off of a hoppy beer, but by the time I got halfway through my sample, it was well-rounded. It it was really what I was looking for. But, you know, everyone knows that I'm a haze boy, so I got to put the, this is not a bro thing in first place. That was really good. And, and I liked how it, um, you know, had that, it had so much dry hopping that had a green hue to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, it kind of jump styles again. It kind of cherry picked, you know, this this ultra hoppy, dry hopped, wet hop type character into a hazy beer. And it just brought me something that I hadn't seen before. And, and, and you know, if we're not innovating, then, uh, you know, if craft beer is not innovating, then, you know, we're gonna have, not going to have much to talk about. So Cool. My uh, rankings are different than yours but only kind of subtly no. different there's sort of a, a mix it's it, we're kind of in the same page but it's just we did a, a few like sure mixtures um in last place i'm gonna put the prairie artisan i just kind of felt underwhelmed um it had a lot of, of competition this show well and also if you think back to what avery was able to do yes with the same kind yeah of avery yeah, gave us a ginger sour that was like whoa this is awesome and this is like okay that's fine and Okay, that's fine. Isn't going to cut it against these beers, especially the one at the top. Uh, in in fifth place, I'm going to put this beer that we're having right now, the uh, Mister Sandman. It has nice features, and you know it's nice and boozy, and it's got those things. That weird shrimp cocktail definitely put like a, a number on the way I look at it. Uh, I think. Thinking oyster would help more. It helps more, but that colored a lot of of some of the flavor, and it was just that's that that's what priming and perception can do to you, and that's making a squeaking noise that is bugging the hell out of me. Please Sorry. stop. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff is Jeff is like a little like I don't, hand. Talk about, talk about that in the post show. Okay, if you're wondering what that squeak was, because I heard it. I only heard it like last. I'm like. Was that a squeak for me? And then, like, I did it again. I'm like, oh, it is me. And then you're like, stop it! (laughs) At least get some WD-40 on it. In fourth place, I'm going to put the the Citizen, the Kukmin. It was... It it is sparked, I think, one of the more interesting conversations we've had on the show in a while. Which is, how do we classify these things? Especially when you're in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that while <laughs> while Jeff may be like, oh well, maybe Greg won a little bit or something. I, I think it was more like, well, let's let's discuss 
what it means and come to a sort of agreement. And when we did, when we looked at it from that perspective, we had more agreement about what we were talking about. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, and remember, there's a great quote that we got from um, Peter Bukart, former brewer at New Belgium Brewing Company, talks about, you know, styles follow innovation by several years. Yes. You know, people, brewers innovate, people drink, Style makers make styles. Mm -hmm. You know, and Greg and I aren't really trying to be style makers, but we need to have a vocabulary yeah. that Greg and I can use and that we can communicate to you. So we kind this is, I actually posed this to Peter. I don't remember exactly what his answer was, but my best argument was people like Greg and I, styles are very helpful in communication. Right. And... It, if we don't have styles, it's much more difficult to communicate something. And the reality is, though, that words change. I mean, that that, that definitions change mm -hmm. over time. So you just they have to... They literally do change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a joke on literally for those who aren't uh, fully following. Jeff and I have talked about this a bunch. So because that happens, and... and and I made the, the analogy to dictionaries. Dictionaries are not about defining what words mean for all time. They're about defining what words mean in the moment. And you go back to a dictionary from the 1800s, and, and many of the words that you think of today will mean something different. Uh, think about what gay meant 50 or 60 years ago, mm -hmm. for example. That's an easy example. Or 10 years ago. No, ten years ago it kind of meant the same thing, but like fifty years well, ago, the second definition. Fifty years ago, it wasn't. It was in the Flintstones, meaning happy. Like, yeah, okay, but ten years ago, the second definition meant stupid, and doesn't really mean that. Anymore. That's a different conversation. Okay, <laughs> let's just go with the, right, the surface right. level stuff. Um. Anyway, on to back to the rankings. In third place, I'm going to put the Greenbrier Valley. This uh, Mothman. Yeah, that was that was good. That was a a well done black IPA that it, that I needed to kind of get a head around. But once I did, it was better than 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 I first came up with. But then there's this. This is not a Brodeo, which was really nice and really interesting to get this big, sharp, spiky, hoppy thing going on in in, in what I am calling a Northeast IPA, and we haven't totally figured out between us whether that's the true term that we will use right but uh yeah i mean it had that milky stuff that i that, that i've come to to expect out of what i call that style with this really bracing hoppiness uh so it's sort of a new combination that was really good but man this big timber okay that was such an expressive aroma, and oh, then great. I loved the flavors that was coming out of it. That sort of, like I said, the sort of the smoky Three Musketeers thing. <laughs> I was on board from the beginning, and I still think it was really, really excellent. So I'm going to go with that. It was a good beer, for sure. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, wow, we went like 15 minutes longer than normal on this show. <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for listening we really do appreciate you can visit our website that is craftbeerradio.com there's sure a link is. on there craftbeerradio.com slash amazon to do the whole shopping support the show thing start your amazon shopping there if you want to contact us please tweet us uh, at craftbeerradio at jeff bear 
at CBR Greg. Speaking of which, but there was a tweet that I wanted to notice. Sorry, I, I had to pull up my, my tweet deck, but where was it here? 515 Beer Guy is mentioning that he's finally breaking into his wedding gifts. He got some Schmugler glasses. Awesome. Yeah. So at if, least we're if working. You, you know, if you don't do Twitter, then email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. And of course, I would mention that uh, JD and uh, Dave Morton also gave us some tweets. So thanks, you guys. Yes, thank you so much. And tonight's beer is with a. Yo and Alexander Court. There's there's a lot of, of, of people who are messaging us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Talk at you again next time. <laughs>